Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 360. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Rob Holman. Rob is the founder and CEO of Holman International. And after having just a phenomenal pre-chat, we said, we just need to push record because we don't want to leave it all there. So Rob, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here today. Kim, I'm so jazzed up. I'm over overjoyed to be with you. And I know our pre-recorded conversation has been really good. So I know we're just going to continue it and bring the energy and enthusiasm for life and for people. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of those times that I wish that I had it recording just so I could like take the little excerpts and share them with the listeners later. Because while some of them, you know, deserve to stay behind the scenes just because it's not necessarily stuff that should be shared on there. Oh my gosh. Listeners, we were talking about faith, about our purpose, about the people that we're serving, about the different levels of people that we're serving, perseverance, and just so much more. But before we even get deep into any of that, Rob, I would love if you would share a bit of your journey with the listeners so they have a better understanding of what you do today and how you got here. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's a great starting place uh, would probably be for me. You know, I grew up in the greater Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania and family of five with mom and dad and older brother, younger sister. I'm the middle child, Kim. So I'm a, uh, I'm a peacemaker, if you know what I mean. You know, is that what the middle child is supposed to be? I guess. I mean, from what I'm told, maybe how I act, I don't know. I, I've always been my whole life you know, if there was family turmoil or challenge or whatever, I'm like, can't we all get along? You know, can't there be a good, healthy rhythm and some peace within the family? And I still kind of play that role today. So I don't know if I'm alone out of all the middle children out there, or there's many more like me. However, being that middle child, just to let your listeners in on this, I've always been the type of person, you know, pretty sensitive person, wore my heart on my sleeve. And, uh, and a lot hasn't changed, you know, I still remember, you know, growing up, we were far from a perfect family. I think every family has some level of dysfunction. Yes. And my family was not removed from that. Mom and dad had some struggles in their marriage. They ended up getting divorced after my junior year of high school. And again, being that sensitive, kind of hard on my sleeve kind of a kid, it really paid a toll on me and really, it really hurt me. My brother and sister were dealing with it in different ways because every person deals with things slightly different. So I was bringing all this kind of like, you know, hurt and pain and I'd act, you know, from the outside, everything was cool, you know, but inside I was hurting, you know, I was trying to find out who I really was. I was, you know, I was like, why can't mom and dad like be together? Did I play some role in this? So long winded way to say, as I continue on my journey, I went off to college, went to a small private university in uh, right outside of Philadelphia called Widener University and was a business student there, was a college basketball player, but I would bring all this hurt and pain and it reached a point in my life. And I got to share this with you before I hit kind of this climax in college that I think is really important for your listeners to hear. A purpose for me, like 
my personal existence, my big why was winning the next basketball game around this time, you know, in college. It was hanging out with the guys and going drinking on Fridays and Saturdays, maybe even sometimes Thursdays. And, but now I reached a point where it wasn't enough. And I had a physical problem going into my senior year of college that would radically change my life. I had a tumor in my abdomen that went clearly undiagnosed for about a month and a half to two months. Doctors, I mean, I, I got CAT scans, MRIs, ultrasounds, and the doctors didn't know exactly what it was. The mass, the tumor was so abnormal. They were not ruling out cancer. So, I mean, they didn't know what was going on. So you can imagine this kid that is still dealing with, you know, life problems, my parents' divorce, et cetera. Now I have this physical problem. And not to mention, I'm going into my senior year of college at this point, and this is supposed to be the best year of my life. Right. So all of a sudden, I finally see this ultrasound specialist at UPenn Hospital in Philadelphia, one of the best you know, hospitals in our country, if not in the world. And finally see this ultrasound specialist, and I go in clearly with a mass in my abdomen. It was extremely painful. I go and visit this doctor. They check me out, and they couldn't even adequately describe what they were seeing on the ultrasound screen to me. But the doctor got out these words and said, Rob, I cannot actually um, begin to even tell you what I'm observing, but you don't have a tumor. You don't have a mass anymore. And I'm like, well, hold on. What do you mean? Wait, what? Yeah, it was completely bizarre, Kim. You know, so I said to him exactly how you respond. I said, hold on, what? He goes, Rob, look intently at the screen, what I'm about to show you. Obviously, all the previous test results have clearly showed a mass. You have pain, but I'm studying you now. And what you came in with, you no longer have. Kim, it was a modern day miracle. And I'll tell you, it was a wake up call for me. I came out of this modern day miracle with a whole new lens and perspective on life, on myself, on people. Now, purpose for me, I wanted to go on a self-discovery process to now understand in the depth of who I was, why I was on the earth, why God, you know, is keeping me around. He must have purpose. He must have meaning that goes far beyond winning the next basketball game and going out and drinking with the guys on the weekends. And that started a self-discovery process in my life that now over 20 years later, I'm helping influential leaders all over the world help them with their personal purpose and see that infused in their professional purpose. Oh my gosh, I'm over here just blown away because listeners, I have to share with you that in our pre-chat, I told Rob a little bit of my story and I'll actually link to the story I'm referencing in the show notes. There's a blog article on Thrive Global. But it was one of those stories that I was telling him that if I had heard it from somebody else before, I would have been like, no, you're just making that up. And that your story is like, not, I think you're making it up. Let me just say that. <laughs> but knowing what I have experienced and hearing what you've experienced is like, wow. Yes, modern day miracles. This was supposed to happen when it happened to get us on the path that, we were, that we're on. And I'll tell you this, Kim, some people might be listening and being like, I haven't, maybe they have had extreme something happen and they're still struggling with that something that's happened. I'm here to say, I know you are too, that there are opportunities in that to lift our head up and begin living a life and saying, you know what, 
yeah, this has happened. I was hurt by it. I was wounded. I was, you know, whatever it may be. But in the midst of every trying situation, challenge, yeah, there's always an opportunity for us to lift our head and begin to have a higher purpose. And that's for some people that are listening and maybe there's something extreme has happened and they might be struggling with it. But there's other people listening and maybe they haven't had something extreme, but it could be just what they would consider subtle. Yeah. You know, subtle little things that have happened to have them be like, well, I know there's got to be more to life than just how I've been living. And there's an opportunity in the midst of the subtle things, those subtle, simple things or the extreme things. There's always an opportunity. There's in the midst of a, a time where, you know, there's a bit of a crossroads and we can either retreat and go back and, and shy away from people and shy away from purpose, or we could say, okay, what's happened has happened. So in the midst of this, I'm going to find the glimmer of hope. And I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to, it's like almost like a fire that's beginning to go out and you start to breathe on that fire and blow on that fire and add some Kindle on that fire. And before long now, it starts to catch. And so that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. And on that note, though, it might take a little bit of blowing. Your lungs might be tired, but it's worth, it's worth the chapped lips. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, have you seen the Facebook show, Returning the Favor? I have not. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought I was going to be watching just a quick little five minute Facebook live video when I saw this advertisement. No, it's it's a full on (laughs) TV series that Facebook has um, partnered with Mike Rowe, previously Dirty Jobs and other shows. And what he does is he goes out into the community and returns the favor to do-gooders. There was one that I saw. I haven't watched it in a few weeks. So it's this one is old, especially since I got into it like a season late. He was in the military and stepped on a landmine or something and lost several limbs. Mm. And then he took that and he actually built a rehabilitation center for other combat veterans who have lost limbs. Wow. Oh, wow. See, I loved it. I love to hear stuff like that because, you know, it's, uh, again, someone who went through it, you know, and even where they... Yet devastating kind of things, ultra challenging, and but yet in the midst of that saying, okay, what's happened has happened, and now I have the opportunity in the midst of this and coming out of this to help serve, to help lift other people's heads, to help give them a proper perspective on life. And, and it sounds like, wow, is he ever doing that? Yeah, absolutely. But I love also how you said it doesn't need to be the super devastating things either. I don't know why this just popped into my head. I hope it doesn't happen anytime soon. But I was just... I get ideas all the time. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I'm thinking about as a woman, if I were driving in my and I got a flat tire and I had no choice but to change it myself, I wouldn't have a clue. But there's another woman out there, and I'm just saying woman yep. in this example, who has gone through that and has can make a YouTube video showing yeah. all the other women mm-hmm. of the world how to change a flat tire if that's they right. ever need to. Yeah. And that could be huge. Yeah. Just helping that woman get back on the road and keep on going. Who knows what type of impact you could have just off of something small like that. So it doesn't need to be building a rehabilitation center for, you know, combat veterans who have lost limbs. That's right. And I love that illustration you use. I'm even going to further the illustration by saying so much is about perspective. And I have found that there's so many, I call them inside out perspective changes and shifts. For instance, let's even stay with the tire 
thing. You know, so many times when a flat tire happens to whoever it happens to, you know, it's like, oh, this is the last thing, you know, a reaction that many people have. This is the last thing I want. How can this be happening? You know, but yet have we been thankful for the other three tires that are still in our car? Are we thankful for the tires, you know, that are working properly until we get the flat tire? And so, so many times we could be like, this has happened. I can't believe, but are we thankful for, you know, some of the most simple things in life, you know, when our tires are actually working properly, you know, sometimes we're, yeah, when we come down with a cold and we get sick, we're like, oh my goodness, this is the last thing I want. But are we thankful all the days that we're not sick? Right. That's just so important. It's like, in a sense, it, it's beginning to tune in. It's beginning to have this mindset, this abundance mindset of being thankful for what we have and, you know, not worrying about what we don't have as much as worrying about thinking about and being grateful for what we do have today, as simple as it may be. And I have found when we work out that gratitude muscle of just being grateful for the people and the things that we do have today, now that muscle starts getting bigger. And so when a challenge comes about, because listen, we're human. And if you're, if you're a business owner, small, medium business owner or leader, that, you know, there's going to be curveballs that come in throughout the day. There's going to be fires to put out. But out of all this day, place of every day, every day, sure, <laughs> we're, we're all human. We yeah. deal with it. But it's out of what place do we deal with that fire? It's out of what place do we deal with that challenge? And I've just found when that gratitude muscle gets big, now, regardless of what's thrown our way, that challenge is put in proper perspective. And I have found that it's out of that place of abundance, it's out of that place of gratitude that when a challenge comes, we now have the creativity. We now, our boat is not rocked beyond human comprehension because now we're anchored in purpose. We're anchored in a proper, healthy perspective. And it's out of that place we begin to solve that problem. And I'll tell you, some amazing things can begin to occur. Oh, absolutely. I like to use the example of when we accidentally oversleep. We could look at it with a, oh, I had so much I needed to do this morning. Or you know, I really needed that sleep. I feel so much better now. I so love that. And, you know, I mean, again, it gets back to, and these are just subtle little shifts that make a world of difference. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people are listening to this and saying, you know, I am a pretty happy person. I do have some really positive thoughts throughout the course of the day, but we can always be more intentional with them. You know, I'll give you an example, Kim. Every day, I've just trained myself this way. As soon as I wake up in bed, you know, some mornings I have like two minutes before I hear my two-year-old crying, but I immediately start to thank God for who he is and what he's given me. And then, you know, I work my way downstairs and I get a cup of coffee and this has become a part of my normal routine in the morning. I continue to say no to turning on the TV and social media and responding to emails, et cetera. And I extend that time of intentional gratitude by continuing to give thanks. And then I might hear a child or two start to work their way down the stairs and they'll join with dad in starting our day filled with gratitude. Yeah, I love that. And I see it around our house too. I mean, with five kids, three of them under the age of four, mm. when we're in gratitude moods in the morning, we can guarantee that those three, yeah. especially, <laughs> are in gratitude moods as well. And I want to apologize to you and to listeners. I don't know if you can hear it. There is a dog in a neighbor's yard, diagonal from us, who barks like a cow. I can't explain it any more than that, but he's outside right now mooing. No, it is not a cow. 
Maybe they'll let him in soon. But if you happen to catch that, it is not, you know, a kid locked in a closet. It's the dog cow. That's how I refer to it. The dog cow is out again. Yeah. Those things that make for a great podcast. That's what I'm always about. Yeah, I have no idea what this dog looks like. When I picture it in my head when it's doing this moo howl thing, like I see it with a big snout <laughs> and like black and white or black spots. I just had to share really fast, and I'm sorry to take the light away from you for a moment, but I was thinking about the flat tire, and I was thinking, I guess it was 1997, my freshman year of college, I was taking the Amtrak back and forth to Chicago, and my sisters for Thanksgiving, they picked me up at the train station, and we were driving home, and my sisters are right about, we're all within 18 months of each other, his, hers, and ours, family, and when you get 18-year-olds in the car, you know, especially in that day, well, no, even now with cell phones. Oh my goodness, I, I'm scared to have kids driving. <laughs> I'm going to have one driving in the next six months. One of them, it wasn't me, that's all I have to say, but I'm not going to point fingers here, was playing with the radio and accidentally drove the car a little bit off the road. We didn't have an accident, but the tire just shot yeah. across the road. You know, we lost it. Well, one of my sisters is a type one diabetic and we had to wait for AAA to get there. Yes, in that day, we did actually have a cell phone that did go in the car with my sister with diabetes all the time, just for circumstances like this. But it just so happened that I knew the number of the Pizza Hut in the town that we were in. Her blood sugar started dropping. (laughs) We could give them the address of the house that we were parked in front of, and we just asked them, can you deliver a pizza too? So, yeah, our parents weren't exactly thrilled that we had to get, you know, a tire replaced and that somebody was playing with the radio and had to drove off the road. But they will forever laugh at the fact that stranded on the side of this somewhat deserted road that we were able to be that resourceful and call Pizza Hut to make sure that the blood (laughs) sugar didn't drop. Hey, if nothing else, some of these stories that we have, not all, but some, that you know our viewers can certainly and listeners can attest to I'm sure you know they create experiences and so you know again I think all of us can say you know when you're in the middle of it sometimes not always the easiest thing to deal with or to cope with however coming out of it yeah it's what people are talking about years later and this is not to you know downplay the seriousness of what people go through but there are some some things that do happen where they seem pretty intense in the moment and people are frustrated and discouraged, but only to come out yeah, and have siblings or family members gather around the holiday table. And they're saying, do you remember when this happened? And next thing you know, it, the whole table's laughing. And it brings you yeah. back to that moment in time and of like, I can't believe you did what you did. You know, it's just, again, it's sometimes, not in all cases, again, depending on the level of severity and extreme nature in which we've gone through. But sometimes we do need to, yeah, not take ourselves too seriously and just, you know, really soak in and even coming out of having a proper perspective on ourselves, on people that we experience things with. And out of that place, I've just found that when we don't take ourselves too seriously and others as well, that, you know, I always call like having fun is a lighter side of leadership. And so many times, Kim, I think we just need to like let loose a little bit and have some fun. And even in the midst of when a curveball gets thrown in, don't lose sight of having fun and not taking yourself too, too seriously. Oh, yeah. I was having a conversation yesterday with a sales coach who works with 
seven to eight figure business coaches when they're going through launches and just guides them. And we were talking about our ideal clients. And one commonality amongst many that we found was that we love to work with people who aren't getting overly anxious and just, well, I'm just going to put it this way, irate when one little thing goes wrong. And what we found, we've both found this based upon our working experiences with clients is that the seven to eight figure leaders that we work with aren't letting the little things get them down because they realize that it is in the big picture. It is just a little thing. Yeah. And they make it so much easier to work Mm -hmm. with them too. Yeah. There's just, you know, I don't know if this was a book, but of course, a commonly used phrase, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. I think it was a book back in the day. Yeah, I mean, isn't that just so, so true? It's like what we, and you know, it's interesting. I've had the opportunity to travel around the world with what I do and speaking and training people in my inside out leadership philosophy. And of course, gratitude is a huge part of that perspective. Having a healthy perspective is a huge part of that too. But I've had the opportunity to spend time in the Middle East with the poorest of the poor. I mean, one of the poorest regions, arguably, in the entire world. And, you know, going and just serving and blessing. I mean, even kids that are wandering the streets and they don't even have a home and they just want attention. They just want to be known. They just want to know that their life matters, Kim, you know? And the reason why I bring this up is, you know, every time I've gone there and I've gone there a handful of times, take teams over there with me, it's a wake-up call. And of like, you know, I come back into my cozy, comfy world and I still have challenges, but those challenges are just put in proper order. You know, and I always remind myself and I tell my friends and tell people that I have a chance to coach and speak in front of them. I'm okay. You know, my problem about whatever it may be here, is it a first world problem or a third world problem? Because that helps keep things in proper perspective. You know, well, okay. So let's get real. Like, you know, something's happening. There's a leak with my water and, you know, in the kitchen sink. So I have to get a plumber in and I don't want to spend a couple hundred hours and getting the plumber in. First world problem or third world problem? Because I know a lot of people in third world countries and regions of the world where they don't even have running water. And it's like just those little things are big things. And if we can keep, you know, be mindful of them and, you know, and that's why I think having a world perspective, not just in a, you know, an American perspective, but a world perspective is so important in living life every day to the fullest and just really being anchored in the things that truly matter. I'm going to have to start using that with my older kids. I'm going to just say, stop. Is this a first world problem or a third world problem? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know I'm going to have to use it this (laughs) afternoon until I get home from school. It's like, (laughs) what I find especially hilarious is when they complain about their download speed. (laughs) Like, I just want to say, look, you know, we heard from our grandparents. When I was a kid, I had to walk eight miles uphill to get to school. Well, when I was a kid, we had 56K <laughs> modems, okay? If we even had them, which they didn't come out, and, well, readily accessible until I was in high school. So don't complain to me about your 500 gazillion download speed. I'm just making it up now to oh, yeah. make a point. But, you know. And Kim, I think. Knowing now that you have kids slightly older than I have, at least a few of them, uh, I'm going to be coming to you for words of wisdom as my kids get older. So as you try things out on your kids, I'm going to just dial you up or message you and say, hey, Kim, did that work? Can you, you know, yeah. (laughs) I'm still going through that. But I have to tell you what, with the first world problem versus the third world problem, our entrepreneurial or my entrepreneurial journey has not been easy. Listeners, you've 
you may have heard me share before that we've been in a four-year experience trying to buy our house now because of me being an entrepreneur and just trying to get our credit scores in order and everything. So it's been a little bit of a struggle. Financially, we've had our battles. We've had our utilities shut off. Like there was one day when our water was shut off and God, with a sense of humor, he gave us snow. So my husband told the older boys, you can go pee in the backyard. And when you're out there, bring in a bowl full of snow and put it in the toilet so mom doesn't have to go out there too. We had the water back on that day. But they don't understand when I ask them, is this a first world problem or a third world problem? And that will be one of those stories that we laugh at in 30 years. Remember when the water was shut off and we had to go pee in the snow? Yeah. You know, it's not something that we really want to be broadcasting because, you know, knock, 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 here's CPS at our door. But hey, all of our utilities are on right now and we're resourceful and we're not telling them to go into the backyard over the neighbors and go pee. Yeah. Now, it, one of the things I've really enjoyed about you in the short time, you know, pre-recording and now recording, Cam, has been you're the real deal. I mean, you're authentic. And you and I talked a little bit about this pre-recording, but I think it's timely to bring it up in light of our conversation. I, You know, by you taking your listeners through your journey, I think that's something that's really missing out there with a lot of coaching and a lot of consulting that's happening all around the world. You know, so many coaches and so many consultants, so many speakers they have this appearance as though they're all buttoned up. They have all the right answers. They never, you know, but the reality is they go to the bathroom like everyone else and they have problems. They have challenges. It might just look a little different depending on where they are, season of life or season of business, whatever. So I have found the most effective leaders, coaches, consultants, speakers are the ones that are just real. And you know, certainly they want to share with people the things that they've learned out of their failures and successes. And, you know, maybe they're not failing in the same ways that they used to 10 years ago. So they're quick to be able to share those success stories, you know, how they came out of it and everything. At the same time, though, Kim, I feel like effective leaders and dare I say, transformational leaders and coaches and consultants are the ones that also share when they're in the midst of a battle. And you know what? Life mm-hmm. isn't perfect, but this is how I'm slowly but surely beginning to cope with it. And they take people along with them on that journey as well. And so it's so encouraging and so refreshing to hear people like you that are out there doing the work that you're doing to positively influence people all over the place by encouraging people to learn from your mistakes as well as your successes and bringing them along with your life journey in the midst of it. It's pretty powerful. Thank you yeah. so much, Rob. When you said everybody uses the bathroom, you know, and we have to be transparent and talking about leadership, I was laughing over here. I always get his name wrong, so I'm not even going to try it. But the leader of North Korea, who has convinced his whole nation that he's a deity and never goes poop. Yeah. Look how it's impacted. You know, he's got the whole rest of the world basically Uh against him because that backstory, the journey, yeah. the what's really going on is not there. Yeah. Great illustration. And where my mind goes with this to further the conversation is, if you think about it this way, like I think our, especially Western part of the world, I think our world at large, but I think the Western part of the world specifically is just, we're more about that destination, arriving at a point where we are perfect or we appear perfect to other people. My mom has taught me a lot about this, Kim. My mom's an artist, and she does beautiful art. She's a sculptor. She does watercolor. She does, I mean, she's just awesome. And she is, has some bit of formal training, but she's mostly self-taught, which is 
I'm just so proud of my mom, you know. And and by the way, a little shout out to my mom. She's turning 70 this Thursday and she looks amazing and she's so vibrant, it's awesome. But anyway. Happy birthday, mom. But the reason why I bring her up as an artist is this. I think this will really encourage the listeners. She has taught me so much that it's not about the destination. It's not about her completing an, a piece of art that you can hang on the wall and it looks so pretty with all the colors and everything's just nailed down and everything. She says it's the process that an artist goes through. And I want our entrepreneurs and our small business owners and leaders that are listening to this and just everyone to really make this applicable into their own life and leadership is she says, hey, you know what? Like, come along with me, Rob, you know, during the course of my journey in, in creating art. And you'll know why I'm using certain colors. You know, like you can actually help shape this as you come over. So I've oftentimes come over when my mom's painting and I'll ask her questions. Say, oh, mom, why does it look like this? Or, you know, you're only a third of the way through. Like, take me into that a little bit. And, and she's, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm actually joining with her by the questions I'm asking and her responses on creating, even though she's the one painting by my questions, I feel like now I'm an active participant. In the midst of this, it's the process. It's beauty in the process. It's not arriving at an end state so that we can put our you know, feet up on the couch or on the table and we can rest and sit back and look at the final product as much as it is about truly soaking in the journey, the process. Because there's colors that are coming about in the midst of that. There's people that are crossing our paths to help shape our journey. And if we're just so infatuated with the final picture, the final painting, the final you know, business thing of how it's going to look and the money we're going to make, then we're going to miss the, the sweetness, the beauty, the intricacies, the details of the moment and our life journey. And my mom has taught me so much about that. And I wanted to share that with you. Oh, that's amazing. I actually did go to art school. So I remember just watching painters and seeing what the colors that I wouldn't have chosen to go underneath. And they're the base. I mean, look at when we're painting our room sometimes. We have to put that foundation down or the primer. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump back into your journey, though. So you you didn't have a tumor. You were cured. Or is cured even the right word? Honestly, I don't even know what the right word to use other than it was there one day and it was not there the next. What happened next? Did you finish college? Where did yeah, you go so I then? finished college and graduated with a business administration degree. And where a lot of my friends that happened to go to college, they were so content with being at college. They were so excited. They just wanted to extend their college life for like seven years. After four years, I was more than ready to get out because I just had this entrepreneurial makeup in my heart. It's like what I was born for, made for. And so I was ready to start something. I just didn't know what that was. And so I get out. You know, I graduate and, you know, I also play college basketball. So I was an aspiring like NBA player, you know, and so people kept on saying, Rob, you know, you play college basketball, but your game's really made more for like professional basketball. And so a couple professional basketball opportunities came about and I took advantage of them as well as I started my first business right out of college the summer after my, you know, after I graduated. So here I was pursuing a professional basketball career at age 21, shortly after I graduated, as well as started my first business at age 21. To continue that journey, by age 23, 
I'm still continuing my professional basketball journey, now playing for you know a professional basketball league. And by age 23, I had two companies, two businesses. One was a motivational basketball program business for kids, and the other was a basketball clothing company that we had our own clothing brand, and we were in retail. We outfitted teams all over the country. And so here I was, Kim, 23 years old, had two businesses in between me, you, and all your listeners. I didn't really know what I was doing. I would just rolled up my sleeves, and I was a visionary, and I was a risk taker, and I had some vision. And now coming out of the miraculous healing I had, there was more personal purpose in my life than ever before. And I was like, life is way too short, and it's just way too significant for me to wait 20 or 30 years to do what I really want to do. So I started going after things. And that continued on this journey that has now led me to start about nine organizations in the last 20, 21 years, six for-profit, three non-profit. And now I get to help people build in a much healthy manner. And it's just, it's so exciting for me. Wow. And now knowing that you are a dad of yep. three, three right? kids. Three. What would you say that the legacy is that you want to leave with them? And how are you passing your knowledge on. Yeah. What I want my kids, and I'll say my biological kids, but I also mentor a lot of younger too. So I'll call them my spiritual kids for lack of a better term. What I want my children to really grasp uh, when I'm no longer here, especially, is that they have a unique purpose, personal purpose that's different than seven and a half billion people that have ever lived on the earth or that they're living on the earth today, and not to mention arguably over 100 billion that have ever lived on the earth up to the present day, that there is a uniqueness in my kids and every human being that if people are willing to go on a self-discovery process, not to find out the bad in them, but to actually find the seeds of greatness that are on the inside of them, now they're going to become that much more laser-focused, live a life of boldness and courage and perseverance filled with just hope and faith that they would never even be able to ask or imagine. And so I, I want my kids, I want people to grasp when you are committed to go on a self-discovery process to find out those seeds of greatness, you will find them. And when you do, you better watch out because the positive influence you can have with people all over the globe, to be quite frank, it's pretty scary in a good way of what's about to happen. And so how I model that or how I articulate that to the kids, again, they're nine, seven, and two. I feel like dads just, you know, words are important. We do need to share words. So I do share with them about their purpose, their unique purpose, and what I see in them, you know, even at their young age. But more importantly, I want to live out of this place for them. So they see dad, so they see mom, so they see us as a couple living out of this place of passion and purpose. So you know what? I'm a firm believer. When you see people and you brush shoulders with people that are living their life purpose and they're passionate, that when you hang out with them, you're bound to catch on fire yourself. And I want my kids to catch on fire because they see mom and dad living with this fire that they know could only be from God. And all of a sudden, they're bound to catch on fire in their own personal lives. Oh, I love that. Now, regardless of whether the person is a child or a kid, do you have one go-to resource that you would recommend for somebody who is looking for guidance, for lack of a better word, in discovering their purpose? A couple different resources. You know, one, you know, I'm getting this book out right now as we're talking. 
this is my opinion, but it is a powerful resource for kids and adults alike with what you do with an idea. And it basically, the premise of the book is, and it's a very short read. Again, it's probably more meant for kids with the illustrations, but man, I learned, Kim, so much with this short read, powerful read, what you do with an idea, that there's an idea in every person that when this idea never leaves you, you know, maybe a month, maybe you come up, maybe you have this idea and all of a sudden life happens and it seems to, you know, you start getting involved in different things, whether you're seven years old and you get wrapped up in different things or you're 70 years old and you get wrapped up in different things in life. But this idea never seems to leave you. It just seems to follow you. And maybe a month goes by, a year goes by, a few years go by, and that idea just hasn't left you. It's important. And so I'll make sure in the show notes, I wanted to, I think I might have given the book away, but it's coming right to mind. Just listen. Yeah. Here it is. Oh, yes. I'm so glad I got it. All right. The book is called, this is a huge, What Do You Do With an Idea? And it's written by Kobe Yamada. And it's one of the most profound books, but yet most simple books. Aren't the most simple things in life sometimes the most profound? And it is one of my all-time greatest resources for people to get a hold of. So that's number one. Number two, I encourage people, regardless of their age, there's five basic things they should be asking themselves about personal purpose. If you want to know, I mean, this is an overarching thing. I'm going to get into five practical things. If you want to know why you personally exist, get to know who you really are. And there's five things that contribute to that based on just my you know, life experience and statistical data to back it up. One is, do you know your personal core values? Like for me, one of my top personal core values is commitment. These personal core values, these are the things that you, that just mean a whole lot, that they're deep convictions of the heart, the things that you stand by and you stand for, that you're making decisions out of these values all day long and may not realize it. So that's number one. Second thing is help people, regardless of their age, understand what their top strengths are. Kim, there's a lot of talk like, well, you just need to improve your weak areas. And and all of a sudden you got to, you know, the more that you improve in your weak areas, the kind of match or mirror your strength areas and everything will be in proper balance. I'm not saying that we shouldn't identify and work on our weak areas to improve on them. What I am saying is when we clearly have identified our top strengths, and I'll call these natural talents, if you will. Now, you know, the more that we can operate and function out of our top strengths and natural talents, there's going to be tremendous fruit that just comes out of that place. And I'd much rather find people to take on more of my weak areas than anything else. The third area is what are a person's top passion areas? The things that you just are overjoyed when you're participating in them. It has you leaping out of bed in the morning, which to do or to accomplish. And so what are they? The fourth area, you know, everyone is on a life journey. The fourth area to help you discover who you are that leads into why you exist is understanding your personal life milestones. The things that have happened throughout the course of your life, as short or as long as it may have been, that have gotten you to where you are today, that have shaped you. Doesn't mean, you know, some life milestones are greatly encouraging. Some are extremely challenging. But nonetheless, all of these things have helped shape you to become the person you are today, standing here, sitting here, listening to this podcast. What are they? Because there's more to your purpose relating to those life milestones than you may fully realize. 
And the last area, the fifth and final, is what would you say your primary gift in life is? You know, a gift in life isn't meant for you just to utilize for yourself. It's, you know, it's something that's been given to you the moment that you were born, that it's a legacy you leave beyond behind on the earth when you're no longer here anymore. For instance, are you just a primary gift? Are you just a big time encourager of people? Are you a compassionate person? Are you just a really gifted teacher? So I've found when you begin to work through this self-discovery process, you're affirmed, you're encouraged with your uniqueness, your significance, and then you can't help on the coattails of this to begin asking, okay, so now knowing who I really am, why am I here? And begin to identify a problem that exists on the planet that as long as you're here, as long as you exist, that you live, you move, and you have your being on this earth, that you've got to do something about that problem. That you, in fact, become a solution for that problem. It could be an injustice in the world. It could be a business issue that you just see that's always come about. And you're like, as long as I live, I've got to do something about this. So that's just some just personal things that I help people with, as well as what you do with an idea, I think is a tremendous resource to help people with ideas and creativity and just really starting to see the seeds of greatness on the inside of them as well. Wow. That was absolutely amazing. So I want to ask, what is the problem that you are solving? Great. Did you see that? Of course, I, a mile away. No, and I love it because I get asked that a lot. Like, Rob, you kind of seem like you help people with their purpose. Well, what's yours? Interesting. I'm on the planet. My purpose on the planet is to help other people discover, rediscover why they're on the planet. So in other words, I leap out of bed every day with the people I get to Skype with and the interviews I get to have, the speaking engagements that come about, the coaching. I get to help people have their aha moment, whether it's in a moment or a process, if you know what I mean, of truly discovering or rediscovering why they exist and they can live life according to that. See, my purpose is infused into other people, helping other people with theirs. And there's no other place that that I'd rather be, honestly. Yeah. Wow. So I'll share this too. I, you know, I recently wrote a book called Lead the Way, and a lot of what we're talking about is in the book. I mean, I I help people very practically with what I call, I developed over the years, this inside-out leadership philosophy. And I talk through foundations of inside-out leadership. Some of the things we're talking about, I talk about with my just hanging out with, spending time with, learning from some of the most influential inside-out leaders in the world you know, some of the core convictions that they live out of every single day. And then I also bridge in the book, Kim, I bridge the gap. Okay, once you clearly begin to identify your personal purpose, how do you see that lived into your professional purpose, that building that bridge? So yeah, so the the resource I gave you with Yamada, what you do with an idea, my book, Lead the Way, and then some of the practical things I've hopefully helped at least a couple people with. Yeah, maybe have helped to you. Absolutely. That was amazing. Listeners, if you're driving, if you're working out and you can't write those down right now, I want to invite you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP360, where you can leave a comment. We love comments. We love feedback. I'll share any feedback that you give with Rob. And you'll also find links to 
where you can find Rob, to the books that were mentioned, and all of that great stuff. Rob, this has been absolutely amazing. And I know this is not our last conversation. Just the first of many to come. I agree more. And you just need to know, I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing, Kim, that I honestly, I just say this, it's extraordinary work. People need more Kims in the world. Doing what you're doing, helping people uh, bring about positive productivity day in and day out because there's the grind of every day and people need their heads to be lifted on the things that truly matter. And so thank you for modeling and reflecting so well for so many people. And so I'm truly honored to be with you today. And I agree with you. I think this is the first of many conversations and finding out different ways potentially we could team up to to even make a greater and more positive impact. I look forward to that. Rob, I didn't share with you, and I don't know if you've seen, but I'm actually writing a book called Chronic Idea Disorder. And I have not heard of the book that you mentioned. And I had to go back and read. I couldn't find a pen. Yeah. That's what happens when you have five <laughs> kids. They all disappear. But I can't wait to read that. But yeah, oh my gosh, there are definitely, I was getting ideas during this chat, because that's what happens when you have chronic idea disorder, you get ideas. So I, I can't wait to see where this goes. Where can listeners best connect with you? I think two uh, primary resources. One would be my personal website, which is just Rob, and that's Rob with two Bs, RobHolman.com. And the second is my book website, which is LeadTheWayBook.com. Fabulous. And listeners, again, that um, those will be in the show notes at thegibsutton.com forward slash PP360. Rob, I would love to know if you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners. And thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you again so much. And yeah, just last piece of advice I'd say is much of the world either sees the glass half empty or half filled, but I always see it overflowing and every person has an opportunity to do the same. So be encouraged today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.